I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Friday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are talking with Sawyer Witted. Sawyer is a dog-loving, coffee-enthusing, fun-seeking guy who grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania with seven siblings. He's also a musician, an Enneagram coach, and a self-proclaimed lover of people. And, not surprisingly, an Enneagram too. He's recently published an album of Enneagram songs, which you can find on all the streaming platforms. Sawyer, welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah Jane. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. Um, so as you know, we start every episode with your rosebud and thorn. What are yours today? Yeah. So I would say that my rose, um, I was just telling you before we started recording that, uh, I got to visit a friend this weekend in Indianapolis, um, which was just so nice. It's so good to see him, um, living a couple States away. We don't get to see each other very often. So, um, that was a huge, huge, uh, perk to the weekend for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say, and then the bud, bud, something I'm looking forward to, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm actually in transition right now with uh, jobs. And so I feel really hopeful just about the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of excited to see what happens. Um, I graduated um, with a master's in music in December. And so I'm excited to kind of just explore opportunities with how to use that now. Um, and even with like my album that you mentioned that I uh, just released a month ago, uh, just excited as that's getting out into the world and um, excited for people to hear it and to hopefully feel known. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest desires of my heart is that people feel known and understood um, and heard. Uh, and then Thorn, yeah, there's quite a few, quite a few messy pieces um, that have come from uh, leaving the job that I just left. Um, And yeah, just like tough. It was a ministry position at a church. And so um, just like a tough, like a lot of relationships were there. And so it's Mm -hmm. hard kind of helping clean up some of that collateral and Mm -hmm. um, and trying to (laughs) not feel the intense need to be everyone's savior like I normally do as a two. (laughs) A little window into my soul. Yeah. so yeah, but just to sit and grieve and mourn instead, uh, it's really hard for me not to fix and to just mourn. Um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a challenge for me. Yeah. There's so much, so much to pain in that of like leaving mm-hmm. relationships and mm-hmm. wanting to mend and fix and not, you know, and like choosing yourself over, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, there's so much in that. Yes. Yes, indeed. So... Sawyer, what's your Enneagram story? How did you find the Enneagram? How did you type yourself? Yeah. So, (laughs) I always laugh telling this story. Uh, So, I guess, let me see, probably seven years ago uh, was when I first heard about the Enneagram. And it was in college. And uh, I had some buddies talking about it. And they were like, oh, you know, I'm a four. And, oh, I'm I'm an eight. And... I was like, well, what are you guys talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so they're like, oh, it's the Enneagram. And they kind of briefly told me about it. And they're like, here, here, take this test. And um, I took the Enneagram Institute's test. And um, like, you know, they're free ones they have. And mm-hmm. the results came out as a type two. Um, I read the results. I hated it. Um, I felt <laughs> very uh, non-masculine. Um, I felt mm-hmm. very uh, 
seen in a way that I just did not enjoy being seen. (laughs) 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 Um, Which is funny because I came, you know, came to find out not long after that that usually means you found the right type. (laughs) Um, And so I kind of just like tossed it. I was like, oh, I guess I'm a two. And I just kind of tossed it aside Um, and didn't come back to it for a few years. Um, And then when I did come back to it again, um, my girlfriend, um, who is, who is a four, she was like, Hey, sir, you should, you should really read this book. Um, And she gave me um, Chris Hewitt's book, the sacred Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I remember it was a a nice spring day and I was laying out my hammock and I picked up the book to start reading it and started reading through. And um, whenever it would talk about the two, um, I just like wept and it Mm -hmm. really caught me by surprise because um, I I really struggled to get in touch with my own feelings. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, I'm, I'm definitely a crier, but that's usually when someone's sharing with me, someone that I love is sharing with me something that's hard, you know, it's, it's easy for me to get emotional, um, feeling their pain. (laughs) Um, but yeah, just reading and and realizing, um, that this was like reading my mail and, and feeling understood really. Um, I think there's been so many things in American culture, um, of toxic masculinity, um, Mm -hmm. where men need to be these, um, tough, protective, strong, independent, um, you know, man's man. Um, and I never felt like I fit that description. Um, and so that was really hard. You know, I, I always felt like I, um, I always got along with girls better than guys still do. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and I just thought, you know, that I didn't fit in with, with all the men. Um, and so reading about the type two and realizing that, this is part of my personality and that there are actually others that feel this way and other men who feel this way, um, Mm -hmm. was just so comforting to me. Um, I just really felt, yeah, I felt seen and heard and, um, and like someone actually knew who I was. Um, and it gave me a language to interact with myself in a way that I didn't have prior to that. Um, yeah. And so I (laughs) like every good two. um, before I learned much about myself, I immediately brought the Enneagram to all of my siblings and my parents and was like, (laughs) what's your type? Let's figure it out. Let me help you figure out your type. Um, Uh (laughs) um, which was not very helpful. Um, but yeah, the more I learned about, about Tunis and then, and then all the other types as well. Um, the more my family engaged with questions and was curious about it and, and as you mentioned, you know, I'm one of seven or I'm one of eight kids. So I have seven siblings. Um, and we've, I think all of us, except for one have actually been able to find which types we are, um, over the last few years. And, um, it's kind of crazy cause we're almost all different types. Um, but it's been helpful in just kind of understanding each other better, you know, and that's, that's why I really love the Enneagram, just being able to understand each other and, and, um, speak to each other's hearts and, and know what triggers and what doesn't and mm-hmm. et cetera. So. Yeah. I feel like your family would be a really good case study in like nature versus nurture. Like, Oh yes. This is, you know, you're, I mean, obviously with that many siblings, I mean, you probably had different experiences with your parents nurture wise, but mm-hmm. there's, that's a lot of different types. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause I, I've had, you know, as an Enneagram coach now myself, um, I've had a couple of people ask me, um, you know, like, Hey, is, is the Enneagram nurture or is it nature? Are you born your type or do you become your type? Um, 
and you know, I always tell them that uh, my my family is a great example, and I it's just funny that you say that because that's that's the example that I constantly use with them. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, okay, look at us, eight kids. You know, um, there's only only out of eight of us, only two of us are the same type. So there's two threes in my family. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, the rest of us are a one, a two, a four, a six, a seven, and a nine. Um, and I said, we have all had, I mean, we, we've had the same parents growing up, all eight of us, and our parents have pretty consistently parented us all the same way. Of course, there's mm-hmm. going to be variation from the oldest to the youngest. Um, but for the most part, they've parented us the same way, and yet we all have the same wounded messages. And for us, mm-hmm. most of us, they're implicit messages, right? Um, mm-hmm. That our parents didn't explicitly say to us, but that we just implicitly believed. Um, and so that that is a really good argument, I think, for uh, nature, right? Um, nature being being more so the reason for our types, um, and that that being you know we're born our types. Um, so that's kind of where I've landed. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Like using my family as a case study is is perfect. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so you said when you when you found your type. They like, what were the things that really stood out to you that you were like, oh yeah, this is me. I feel really seen. Yeah. So one of the things was, well, I mean, led by their hearts, (laughs) led by their Mm -hmm. feelings. Um, I think that was one of the biggest things. The other really big thing was the (laughs) two words that, um, were very like dirty words to me most of my life. <laughs> one of them was boundaries <laughs> mm. and the other one was codependence. Mm. Um, I remember reading, well, well, after I picked up uh, Chris Hewitt's book, I, I got his second book, The Enneagram of Belonging. And then I got, mm. you know, Ian Cron's book. Um, and yeah, just, just soaked up all the info. Um, and, and I remember seeing this recurring theme about the twos where, um, we are others focused mm-hmm. and and terrified of being viewed as selfish um, because if we're viewed as selfish, that means that people aren't going to be want to be around us and they're going to reject us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that just like that resonated hardcore in my heart. Um, I'd also just been doing like a lot of kind of soul searching work um, a couple years prior to that because I had a relationship in college, um, a friendship. Uh, with with another guy uh, that was very very codependent, and we actually aren't even friends anymore because it just got so unhealthy that we were both like we can't do this, you know, mm-hmm. and we and we had to take a step back. Um, and and it wasn't quite as clean as that, of course. I feel like it yeah, never is. Um, it was really painful, really messy. Um, but I realized like I lost so much of myself, Sarah Jane, in mm-hmm. this person. Um, like I didn't. I thought everything that I was, was everything that he told me that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was interesting just reading about how that's a tendency of twos is to over identify with other people's feelings and, and, um, and to <laughs> let other people's words be your identity and be mm-hmm. what defines you. Um, it, it didn't even feel like I was like, I was, you know, letting, letting words define me. Cause it didn't feel like it was something I was giving permission to. It just felt like words did define me. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, yeah. Like if someone said I was kind, it was like, Oh, I'm kind. 
And then, you know, 20 minutes later, I'd forget it and I need to hear it again. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so in, in, you know, counseling therapy that I've been doing, um, you know, for many years now, but especially post that college relationship, um, some of the things that I just kept coming back to were these two terms um, that I felt. And the one was that I felt rejected. Um, and the other one was that I felt worthless. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think just kind of exploring more of what that means and, and why I felt worthless, why I felt rejected, um, being, a, being given a language for that with the Enneagram, uh, was just so incredibly transformational for me. Today's podcast is brought to you by Element Tea. Element Tea is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt and no sugar. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, a thousand milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, 60 milligrams magnesium with none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. Element Tea is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited to folks following a keto, low-carb, or paleo diet. Electrolyte deficiency or imbalances can cause headaches, cramps, fatigue, and weakness. So when you sweat, the primary electrolyte lost is sodium, and you can lose up to 7 grams per day. When sodium isn't replaced, it's common to experience muscle cramps and fatigue. Now. I'll be honest, I use mine mostly right after if I've had something to drink. You know, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s. I can't drink like I used to. And I took it on the cruise recently that I went on and it saved my life. I drink it every single morning like it was my job because I just wanted to make sure that the hydration that I was actually, the water I was drinking was actually being sent into my body the correct ways. So, I use it for that. My husband's training for a half marathon. He's using it for that. And we're just both really focused on being properly hydrated. And Element Tea is like our go-to option. I'm personally a fan of the watermelon salt. Tastes so good, but has no sugar. Now, Element Tea is also used by everyone from NBA, NFL, and NHL players, Olympic athletes, Navy SEALs, to everyday moms like me and exercise enthusiasts like my husband. Element Tea is so sure you will love their pod product and come back for more that they are offering you a free Element Tea sample pack. So that's eight single serving packets for free. Just cover the cost of shipping, which is $5 for US customers. So get yours at drinkelementtea.com slash egram. This deal is not available on their regular website. So you must go to drinklmnt.com slash egram. Element Tea offers a no questions asked refunds so you can try it totally risk free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they'll give you your money back, no questions asked. So you have nothing to lose. Thank you, Element T, for supporting the podcast. Yeah, so I realized in uh, therapy and counseling, which I've been in for quite a few years now, uh, but post that relationship in college, um, in my therapy sessions in the last you know five years, I've realized that the two words that really came up for me a lot was these feelings of rejection and worthlessness. Um, and so 
when I was reading about the Enneagram and and seeing how you know threes really struggle with feeling worthless and twos really struggle with feeling rejected, um, I kind of was waffling between two and three um, for for a very very short season of life um, because I realized that I am not a three and I am definitely a two, <laughs> 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 although I do have a heavy three wing for sure. But anyway, um, I was yeah just just reading about the deeper motivations there and and for twos to feel that they are unworthy of love apart from what they give um and i think i've i've i struggled even at times with like the stereotypes of twos because mm-hmm. they seem so quote unquote feminine mm-hmm. um this idea of like like oh twos are going to bake you cookies and like give you housewarming mm-hmm. gifts and like like get things for you. Um, and it's funny cause like I, I mean, I love giving gifts to Jane. I really do. Um, but like, <laughs> I, can I also feel that, <laughs> <laughs> but I also like obsess over it too, where like I have to get someone the perfect gift that makes them feel the most known and the most loved to the point where I just like, I don't get them gifts. <laughs> um, <laughs> And instead, one of the biggest things that I do instead is like, I'll like post about them on social media or something and like, um, just affirm them publicly or, or send them a really sweet text on their birthday. Um, I have this really weird memory with birthdays. Like I just remember people's birthdays. Um, and I guess that's probably not too surprising as a two. <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I can pretty easily remember people's birthdays. Um, wow. But anyway, uh, what was I saying? Um, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm curious because you kind of talked about earlier about how the way people describe you can sometimes define yourself to you. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like kind of part of what you're offering them is kind of what you want to receive? Like that, look at how I see you. This is how I see you. Mm. Um, and like, look at, the, you know, I feel like there's something really special about that, like kind of public recognition too, that mm. speaks to choose to that kind of to desire to be loved mm-hmm. in like a intricate specific mm-hmm. way. <laughs> Oh, Sarah Jane. So <laughs> my therapist basically just said this exact same thing to me last week. <laughs> I kid you not. Um, he was like, do you think that you are so affirming and and publicly loving and affectionate to people because that's how you want them to be with you? And mm-hmm. I just like cringe. I was like, <laughs> that like, oh, <laughs> that just like, yeah, got mm-hmm. right, pierced right into my heart, into my soul. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, definitely. And like, I mean, I've learned a lot about like the two mentality of give to get, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I just, I view the world as, as give to get, you know, I don't view the the world where people are gracious to me. Um, mm. And so if I want something, if I want love, if I want affection, um, I have to garner something. I have to be a certain way. I have to, I have to give of myself. Um, mm-hmm. and that's exhausting. <laughs> um, it, it leaves me empty and, and feeling more unloved, more dejected, more unwanted than when I started. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's very, very much so relatable. Yeah. And you touched earlier on kind of the concept of toxic masculinity and mm-hmm. like my husband is definitely not like traditionally like hyper masculine mm-hmm. kind of 
that's not his vibe, um, sure. which I, I adore. I'm mm-hmm. so grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, like he, I've learned a lot through him about just like how the world, the world as a, for me, as like a, a woman, I get a lot of favor from people who kind of look out for me. I feel like the world's kind of looking out for me. And I think that like men are trained to like earn that and like through power and mm-hmm. presence and leadership and like mm-hmm. strength. And so I feel like that sense of like earning your place and earning protection, earning safety. Like these are things that like we're trained differently in society as to how to earn them. But I feel like that kind of like two, four, like male twos and fours, um, and not limiting it to those types in the Enneagram by any means, but just people who won't play that role, who aren't like, I'm going to lean into this toxic masculine dynamic. Um, we don't, Where do you know, how does that work for you? I feel like, yeah, there's some sense of like, you have to earn yeah, your place. Yeah. I mean, that's, you hit the nail on the head, Sarah Jane. I, I feel like, um, that's been my lifelong journey in a lot of ways of wanting to fit in with men, you know, feeling like I just mm-hmm. don't, um, because I'm not a overt power grabber or power seeker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I very subtly, subtly, <laughs> uh, seek power in people's lives and just to have a powerful mm-hmm. position where, you know, I'm needed and and they can't get rid of me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, at my worst, of course. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, yeah, fighting that uphill battle all of my life really of, of, Hey, like Sawyer, you, you don't need to conform to uh, brute strength. You don't need to conform to, uh, being harsh or, or emotionally unavailable. <laughs> you don't need to, um, conform to being independent and, and, um, you know, th- uh, trying to convince yourself that you can handle life on your own, um, or that you can, you can just do it all by yourself. Um, I feel like, yeah, most of my life has been trying to convince myself of that, like that, that that's not true. Um, and also like at the same time, striving for that. <laughs> um, cause I just, cause I want to be affirmed, right? I want, yeah. I want, um, I want to fit in. And, and I think another really big thing too, is like the reality is, is that I have a tender heart. Um, and so when you have a tender heart, uh, people are a lot more prone to take advantage of you than if you don't have a tender heart. And so I think one of my biggest journeys has been learning. Um, my, my word kind of for 2022, um, has been agency. Um, and this, this ability to speak for myself, stand up for myself, um, protect myself, um, and, and to consent um, so even when people offer me, offer me affirmation, like there've been a couple of times where I've said to a friend, like, Hey, like I like am really struggling to receive that affirmation right now. And he's like, okay, that's okay. Like, I'll just be here then. Um, and that like, just being honest about that, you know, speaking up for myself is, is just so helpful. Um, and I think I've just learned that like, there's, there's so much strength in gentleness. 
Hmm. And there's so much strength and tenderness and so much strength and kindness. Um, and, and it's been cool to see how people who have hard hearts or people who are really struggling, who don't have anyone to talk to, like come to me because they find a fortress and a safety and, um, they know that they'll be heard. You know what I mean? Oh, you're like, I, you can't see me Sawyer, but like I'm in tears. Um, because I am one of those people who feels like I have to like keep it all together, take care of myself, protect myself. Mm. And like my tender hearted partner is like the reason that I've like been seen in my brokenness and like Mm. that space that's been held for me to be like, yeah, you're, you can cry. Like it's okay to cry right now. And like, you don't have to figure it out. Um, that's something that so many people never get. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something to what you're saying with agency and tenderness in how I think the world is shifted through vulnerability and softness and tenderness. I think that's how we change mm. culture and how we impact people for the better. Mm. But without agency, it's it it can't have impact. You know, because without agency, it's not targeted. It's not intentional. Mm. It's just kind of like, it's kind of like water without a container. Mm. Um, But then like that agency that you're talking about and like really prioritizing like your boundaries and your safety and what you need and your consent, I think is super important. Um, Mm. Puts it into a container so that it can be useful. Yeah. And you know what? It's so funny. Um, just as I, as I, or not funny, ironic is the word. As I mentioned earlier, like boundaries was one of those dirty words for me growing up. Um, because for boundaries, it meant that, that, you know, I can only get so close to someone. I mean, I mm-hmm. hated that. Um, and it's interesting because all my life I've desired protection and to be protected. I think in, even in my tenderness, um, mm-hmm. to, to first and foremost, protect myself, right. With agency. And then second, Secondly, to be protected by others and not used. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the protection piece as as I've been, or I'm sorry, the boundaries piece as I've been wrestling with that, I've realized that like boundaries are protection. Like that is, that is what a boundary is. Yeah. Um, even just physically, like I have a body that holds my organs inside of me. Like that, my body is a boundary that holds my organs inside and that like keeps them safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know, even just down to that, that like most basic physical level, like boundaries are protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just such a helpful thing for me to realize. And I actually love the word boundaries now <laughs> and like talk to people about boundaries all the time. <laughs> yes. Well, cause I think like as twos heal, you know, like that and like do this work, there's so much permission and being around twos in general, hmm. but then like as you kind of expand into this boundaries, like you invite other people into that work as well, which is so exciting. That's exactly right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I am going to switch tones on us pretty significantly as we enter into rapid fire questions. <laughs> Great. I'm here for it. Let's do it. (laughs) I just want to say before we start, I just appreciate how open and vulnerable you've been in this interview. It just feels Mm. um, really healing, honestly. And I'm I'm super Mm. grateful. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah Jane. It's been really, really great to talk with you. Me too. Um, Okay. So rapid fire questions. First things that come to mind, there's no wrong answer. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
first. Yeah. <laughs> <The> music. First. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, um, it's low budget. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love it. The first book that comes to mind. First book that comes to mind. Okay. The Enneagram for Spiritual Formation by AJ Sherrill. Ooh, okay. A favorite song. Ooh. Uh, oh, no. I'm blanking on all of the songs that I know as a musician. That's bad, isn't it? Um, oh, okay. Jazz. So I was listening to a lot of jazz this weekend. Um, Doris Day, her version of Darn Ooh. That Dream. Oh, divine. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Something you wish people knew about you. It is so hard for me to process what I am feeling and what I am thinking because of how much I carry everyone else's thoughts and feelings. Um, and I think if people understood that and when I'm talking to them, when I pause and I'm thinking, they don't interject themselves <laughs> and they just let me yeah. figure out what I'm feeling and thinking. Um, that's been a huge thing that I've wanted more people to know. Oh, that is good. That's good to know. Your dream day, what are you doing? Mm, well, this is probably not surprising, but um, hanging out with people, <laughs> hanging out <laughs> with my closest friends. But I would say actually probably that that would be like at night, like hanging out with like, like grabbing my buddy Scott and going to go get a drink at the bar or something. Mm -hmm. um, but in the morning, I get to go to a coffee shop by myself and I sit and I read and I journal Um that is so healing for me and so incredibly helpful. Your final meal, what are you eating? Oh, my, well, I'm, I'm going to answer this as if I don't have any food allergies, okay? okay. Um, <laughs> because I can't eat gluten or dairy. However, when I was a kid, <laughs> well, it's your I final could. meal, so oh, no yeah, consequences. Duh. Okay, fettuccine Alfredo. <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> the passion. Oh, oh, it's, it's yeah, it's my favorite dish. <laughs> See, love it. Um, some food for thought, something that you want people to kind of walk away thinking about today. Yeah. I think what I, what I mentioned a little bit earlier, honestly, um, the fact that boundaries are protection boundaries are there, um, to, to help you, um, especially the twos listening. I especially want you guys to hear that and the nines, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, like boundaries are protection. Um, boundaries help you know where you start and where someone else starts and where you end and someone else ends. Um, mm. And, and it, it keeps a, a good line in between uh, those two things that there's no blurring um, of where you begin and where someone else ends. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of embrace that and, and realize that you as, as a human, just being a human being, you are worthy of love. And you're worthy of acceptance and you're worthy of being wanted um, because you're so intricately, wonderfully, amazingly uh, put together. <laughs> um, um, I love that. And so you're, you are an Enneagram coach, right? People can, do you do typing interviews? I do. Yep. Okay, sweet. I get that all the time. So I know that there are people listening who are like looking for someone to type with them. Yeah. So I'll make sure to link to Sawyer down below. And then your album mm -hmm. is on all the streaming services, right? It's anywhere we can grab yes. it online. Yep. Yeah. Um, and if you guys want a good cry, this is this is a good place to start. <laughs> 
Sawyer, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, again, we'll link everything for, of Sawyer's down below. Um, so you guys can just easily go find him, hang out. And yeah, thank you for joining me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah Jane. It truly has been a joy and healing for me too. So thank mm. you. Thank you.